Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Is there a carve-out in CDC regulations for COVID for vice president? Tell me more, Peter. I'm sure this is going somewhere. Let's well, see. You know, the, what do you got for me on a Friday? The CDC says for people exposed to COVID, up to date on their COVID-19 vaccinations, do not go to places where you are unable to wear a well-fitting mask. So why is she here at the White House today giving the new Supreme Court justice a big hug with no mask? You mean when she gave her a, math, a hug outside? Yes. She was outside. Does the CDC uh, say the people who are in close contact can give people hugs outside? We know, Peter, that outside it is uh, it is a, you are it's you can benefit significantly being outside. That's why we have we had the event outside today. I will tell you that the vice president has been wearing a mask inside. When there was a private greet, they were all wearing masks. Uh, uh, d- we before they went up, wearing a mask yesterday at the Senate. The, she was uh, playing an important role in in confirming or overseeing the confirmation of the first black woman to the Supreme Court. You see, see, COVID, COVID is woke. COVID isn't a killer. COVID shows respect. If, if you take 50,000 people and you put them in a sporting event, COVID finds that irresponsible and wants to wipe them all out. But if you were to take 50,000 people and have them rioting in the street or protesting peacefully for some kind of woke cause, well, COVID will take will, will not bother anybody. COVID will not kill a soul. There is no chance of widespread COVID spreading, if you will. It, COVID... If you are actively confirming the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court, COVID, they'll say, hey, hey, COVID, uh, don't don't bother Kamala Harris uh, working on confirming the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court. And COVID will go, that is so nice. That is so good. You got any rednecks we can kill? And then COVID will be like, sure, come on. And off they go to kill all the Republicans in the Republican states. Ah, oh, you red state people are going to die. Except that's not the way it went down either. But listening to Jen Psaki spin is just a joy and a treat. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the the number. The story goes as follows. Florida did better. Than New York. Florida did better than a lot of other states. And while other states live in fear, still want to live in fear, Philadelphia is going back to mask mandates. They have an increase in cases citywide, so therefore they are going to go back to masks as of April 18th. We should be clear about something. Masks don't work. We have already been through this and we don't need to go through it again. Masks do not work. They do not stop COVID. They can stop something. I don't disagree with that. And if you want to wear one, well, my gosh, I'm not going to tell you not to. I mean, you wear Spanx and I tell you not to. You don't listen. But they, they don't work. By the way, neither do the Spanx. They don't work. But if you want to wear them, go right ahead. But when you mandate other people wear them, that's just pretty weird. 
considering they don't stop the spread of COVID. A study is out, and the study shows that at the bottom 10, this on the report card of how states dealt with the pandemic. You've got New Jersey at number 50, New York at 49, and then you've got some other uh, states in there, California, Illinois, and you do have Washington, D.C., not a state, but you get my drift. At the top of the list, Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, and Florida. But all you were told, everything you were told, was how Florida, everybody was dying, how DeSantis was going to get everybody killed. That's all you heard every day, every night, all the time. Yet somehow they're better off. It's shocking and amazing. It could have something to do with weather because you can have more outdoor activity. You can have uh, more uh, people in the open air as opposed to colder weather where people are more inside and therefore things can spread a little bit easier. Makes perfect sense to me. You also have policies in Florida where um, COVID patients weren't sent back to nursing homes guaranteeing that everybody would be killed, which is exactly what people like Governor Andrew Cuomo did. Really a disgusting guy. Disgusting, disgusting guy. Speaking of disgusting, did you hear... So so uh Kathy Hochul, she's the governor of, of New York. And she's going to she she took over because Andrew Cuomo resigned. And now she's going to run right in an election. She's gonna try and 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 win uh the, the, the spot. Well, the person she selected to be her lieutenant governor, Brian Benjamin, just got arrested today in a campaign finance scheme. The guy she picked to be lieutenant governor. The guy she's going to run with for re-election. The lieutenant governor got arrested. Uh, and this goes back to his days as a state senator. The five-count indictment that got released today. It's a two-year-long effort by Benjamin from 2019 through 2021 to obtain campaign contributions from an unnamed real estate developer in exchange for the senator arranging for a $50,000 grant from tax funds. So uh, falsifying uh, your your testimony to, to the FBI, he's being charged with, right, lying to the FBI, which is, well, the charge they always do. And then it's being a conduit for, for fraud or conduit to bribery, something like that. It's, it's bad times, bad, bad, bad times uh, for, for New, Yorker, New Yorkers and Kathy Hochul. And also how horribly they handled COVID. Philadelphia is convinced to handle COVID poorly. But nothing beats what's going on in Shanghai. Now, there is some talk today that they have uh, loosened some things up. Here's what's been going on. 25 million, 26 million people have all been locked down for the past two weeks. Locked in their homes. Locked in. If you come out, you get arrested. Everybody gets tested. Everyone gets tested multiple times a week. If someone should be have COVID, they are sent to a facility. If it's your child, they are ripped out of your arms. And there are reports 
of children being ripped out of their parents' arms and sent to these facilities that aren't any better than being at, at, at home. Meanwhile, you couldn't go out for food. You could not go out of the house. If you did, you got arrested. You had to rely on the Chinese Communist Party to bring you food. Well, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't care about giving you food. So the people in Shanghai are starving. Starving to the point where they're jumping out of windows to their deaths. They are screaming and yelling and singing out the windows. And there are drones, as we shared the audio last week, that fly through telling the people to control their soul's desire for freedom. Heck, I've got a, I've got a story here of a, a dog um, that they thought had COVID. So somebody filmed one of these Chinese healthcare workers in a full hazmat suit Beating the dog to death. Uh, A corgi, in case you were wondering what kind of dog. That's, That's their answer. That's their radicalness. That's the Chinese Communist Party. It's who they have always been. It's who they always will be. There is no such thing as the good China. There is no such thing as the, well, take a look at at their fantastic high-speed rail. Isn't that wonderful? All communists are are liars. All communists are bad. All communism is evil. And Bernie Sanders is just this. Bernie Sanders, taken to the nth degree, will get you the Chinese Communist Party. Just in case you were wondering. People like Bernie Sanders, who have never created anything, never built anything, don't know how how to build anything. They hate people who build things. They're jealous of people who build things. They know that they're lowlifes. Don't you think that Bernie Sanders knows he's a failure? A do-nothing, a know-nothing. The communists cannot provide. The communists cannot create a society. Yet we have a never-ending number of progressives who look at that and say, man, that's the dream. We'd be really safe if we could force lockdowns. Remember this when you vote. So I ask, remember it when you vote. In the meantime, Media Matters for America. They, they're, they're an outfit that uh, back in the day they thought they were going to really keep an eye on and be a watchdog for media. They're just a, a Fox attack vehicle, and some of their people were always, always uh, terrible and awful, and they've written some garbage about me, garbage about lots of people. But this one, like I didn't know they were listening to the show on a regular basis. This one's a new one in that it's not that they got it wrong. They make me look great. I'll share with you what I'm talking about coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Counts. I never lie. 
And I certainly never lie about what it is we do here. I never lie about the career here. We're doing great. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. But I know, because I'm, I don't know, rational. I know that as a radio career, my career is not as big as some, and it's 10 times as big as others. Right? Other people measure careers to decide whether or not you're a success or, or a failure. I leave that to them. But I do find it interesting when people follow. I find it interesting to hear that somebody in Arizona loves the show or, or something like that. It's, it's fantastic. And then I'm amazed that there are groups out there that track uh, people on the political right they don't like so they could talk about them and get themselves some love. They follow me. Media Matters, as a, as a group, they're called Media Matters. Uh, th- these are terrible people. Um, these are longtime bigots who are all about the attack. These are the people who claimed I made fun of Joe Biden. These are, are terrible, terrible people. They have no interest in, in context. They don't have an interest in saying, hey, what did you mean by that? No, no, no. Take something and, and create the attack vehicle. That's, that's their job. That's what they do. And uh, some of, of their people I've known s- about certainly a long time. Uh, the um, the uh, Eric Bollert was one of their people who recently passed away. I don't have a kind word to say, and I'm not going to say anything because that's exactly what you do. He used to attack the late Andrew Breitbart religiously. Religiously. It was It was insane. No, I don't. I don't like these people. I mean, I, I have nothing but disdain for media matters, and and I find them to be amongst the weakest, the lamest. You can guarantee that no one at Media Matters has ever sexually satisfied a partner. Never has happened, guaranteed, or your money back. The headline reads: Conservative talk radio and podcast join Republican campaign to smear LGBTQ Americans as groomers. Whoa. That's a, that's a headline. Conservative talk radio, they say, and online show personalities are going all in on the smear by Republicans and others in right-wing media that LGBTQ Americans and others who oppose Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' don't say gay law are grooming children to be gay or trans or promoting sexual activity. First, it's not a don't say gay law. It's a lie. But don't expect anything else from Media Matters for America. Lying is what they do. Secondly, this is a TikTok video of a teacher talking about how it's okay to teach three-year-olds about gender identity. Hi, I'm a queer teacher, and I 1,000% do not support this bill. And yes, I do know what's in it. The bill in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books, the first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia. See that? You're just a homophobe for not wanting to sexualize second graders. And if you say to me, Tony, that's just one teacher. And something something cool about me, Miss Hammond? All right. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that 
at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Ms. Hammond read, but I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. See that? So first, it's okay to teach third, uh, three-year-olds about uh, gender identity. And secondly, gender's nothing more uh, than, than a guess. The whole thing is just nonsense. You, you don't have to buy into it whatsoever. You really think you should be teaching these things to kindergarten through third grade? Yeah, we should create laws to stop you. It's, it's strange. It's peculiar. It's odd. I get that people don't like the term groomer, but what did I say here? I said uh, you're gonna you're, you're you're telling the political left telling the political right what to say isn't going to work considering the political left refers to the political right as pro rapist pro uh, child marriage that's what Joy Reid said and so in this article over there at Media Matters they quote all these people talking about this grooming thing right grooming is that you're grooming a child for sex that's what a groomer is grooming a child for sex. It's, it's gross, and it happens. So they quote Christina Pushaw, who is the spokesperson for, for Ron DeSantis, and then they quote Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire and Candace Owens from The Daily Wire, Buck Sexton, fellow radio host Jesse Kelly, also a radio host, Joe Paggs, radio host, and then they say right-wing talk show host Tony Katz said on April 7th that the right was using the term groomer as revenge against the left. It's not what I said. Here's the quote they give. The reason the political right uses the term groomer is that they're not going to be told by the political left what they can say. The political left says anything they want. The political right says something. The political left says, how dare you? The political right says, we're sorry. Well, now the right's like, no, 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 no. We don't care. We're going doubly. We're tripling down. We're just going to do it. Now, I don't think that's revenge. They just won't be told by the left how to engage a conversation which is exactly what I said. But let me ask you a question. You just heard my quote. Is that me smearing LGBTQ Americans? That's not me saying anything about lesbian or gay or bisexual Americans, now is it? As far as I'm concerned, they make me look pretty great here. I absolutely explained why the right is doing something. I gave no other opinion to it, not even whether I agree or disagree. They make me look like a like a freaking hero here. This, they're opposed to somebody having a rational conversation about this subject. Agree or die is what they say. Media matters. Don't trust them. I'm Tony Katz. NBC News, which has a Twitter account called NBC News Business. I didn't know that they had that. Just in, inflation hits 40-year high of 8.5% due to war in Ukraine and rent hikes. Um, no part of that is true. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's up? Facebook Tony Katz Radio, the phone number 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Do you believe inflation is due to Ukraine? I would uh, uh, Prove it to me. Share with me.
833-GOT-TONY. The best is, do you know what a ratio is on, on Twitter? So you'll ha- you have likes, retweets, and replies. And sometimes something will have a lot of replies and very uh, few likes. And that's the ratio. The ratio of replies to likes. This tweet has 59 likes and 1,657 replies. Yeah, it's not good. Not <laughs> Understatement of the year going to producer Ari. Oh, just getting punched in the face for being liars. They're liars. Low life, low life liars. I mean, this was, uh, this was today on, on some of the cable news outlets about inflation, which is at 8.5%, highest number since 1981. As expected, a big number, 8.5%, the inflation rate over the past year. That, that is a big number. It is as expected, and it is the hottest inflation since 1982. That's sort of a broken record there, and you know what it all is. It is gas, it is shelter, it is food. These are three things that people really can't do without, right? So this is why you have so many people souring on the U.S. economy, consumers rather, because they're feeling this inflation all the time. Month-on-month increase, I like to look at this number because it tells you incrementally where you're going. That was up 1.2%. Really rare to see a big pop just in one month like this. I want to say, though, this is until the end of March. And as you've been reporting and we've been reporting Oil prices and gas prices have been coming down. So in a way, this consumer price number is looking in the rearview mirror. There are some economists who are hoping this is the peak. This is the worst of it. And things begin to moderate into the summer. As you know, you could argue that this is the peak. If you want to talk about gas prices coming down, which I'm glad that they are, but it doesn't change supply chain issue. It doesn't change spending. It doesn't change uh, food uh, on the shelves. It doesn't change cost of steak or, or milk. None of those things change. This is not, I wish it was, the start of the decline. Doesn't seem to be the case. I spoke with uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, about this. I'll share that with you in uh, the next hour. But this isn't the only conversation happening about inflation right now. This is MSNBC. So realistically, the two G's are the killers in this for the average family, gas and groceries. Those are dailies, Mm -hmm. sustenance, Mm -hmm. dailies. What, if anything, in the immediate uh, aspect of this, in the next two, three months, can a combination of the Fed and the executive powers of the presidency do to tamper inflation? There's not really a clear solution, right? People immediately see, get rid of that gas tax, but who does that necessarily help? It helps the oil and gas companies. It's not like there's this lever that fixes it. It's complicated. Did the Fed did the Fed underestimate inflation? Surely, right? For, remember, for months and months, I spoke to Janet Yellen months ago, and she was still on that. Oh, it's temporary. It's not going to last long. This is good. We're going to get through this when we get through COVID. Well, we're not through COVID, and now we've got more complications. They absolutely underestimated this. Janet Yellen lied through her damn teeth, and so did the administration. It was what Amy Walker uh, over there at, uh, oh, what's the the Cook uh, Political Report, referred to as wish casting. They just figured if if they said it, it it would work out and, and they'd be proven right. No data, no facts, no common sense. 
So over the weekend, I was on Fox News. I was, I was on Sunday. I was on Sunday talking to Mike Emanuel. And this, this, this Democrat, Jose, I, I don't know his last name. I, I, I didn't know anything about the dude. Didn't know anything about him. I guess he's some kind of, um, not activist, uh, consultant. Everybody, everyone's a Democratic consultant or Republican consultant. Me, I'm not a consultant. I'm, I'm missing out on some dollars. And it was that we had this two-part conversation about Hunter Biden and about immigration. And in the end, it was a question of, do these things matter politically? Well, I would say to you what, what I said there, that, that the, the, the money that we spend on groceries, gas in the car, the economy, that is a top one. But anybody who thinks that the Hunter Biden story doesn't matter in this election is out of their head. Because the Hunter Biden story is about trust. Not of Hunter Biden, but yes, of President Biden and of media. But I want to share this with you because I want you to hear what people are like when they realize they've been beat. Right? I, I have, when somebody else is talking on TV, said something. I've done it. But it's, it's one thing when you are correcting someone. It's another thing when you just don't want to hear them tell the truth. So here's Joe Biden. He's already talked about how Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong. Hunter Biden's never done anything. He never made any money off of China. That's ridiculous. And thus the question from Mike Emanuel. Jose, how big of a problem is this becoming inside the White House? Look, I don't think it's a problem. We know Republicans are going to try to use the Hunter Biden scandal uh, since the presidential election, and it didn't work, and it won't uh, work now. Should Hunter Biden be investigated? 100%. He's been investigated, and uh, the Department of Justice should continue to do so. But I think the FBI has been clear that Joe Biden, the president of the United States, has nothing to do with those with those uh, business deals. Tony, so I think we'll be all right. Tony, you maintain the Hunter Biden story is tremendously important. Why, in your view? Well, first, I just want to appreciate Jose referring to the fact that it is indeed a scandal. I'm so glad to see Democrats accepting uh, this. It's a big deal. It's for a scandal. A it, it's a scandal for a private citizen. It's not a scandal for the investigation. An investigation has to happen. We have more evidence here of wrongdoing from Hunter Biden than we ever had from Donald Trump in relationship to China. Oh, that's, very <laughs> that's not true. That's the not second, true. The second most important thing here, as everybody knows, is that so much of mainstream media didn't cover this story. Groups like Twitter worked actively to prevent the story from getting out. That this is a great example of why media has become untrustworthy, why they have to rethink what they do, and why we, and as the citizenry, are finding other better more important sources that don't interrupt us and actually give us the stories that's what it's about the failures of some other cable news networks the failure of the so-called vaunted press that's a bigger story here and if republicans are smart they will be talking about that every single day now republicans are not smart so we're perfectly clear but man, that's a lot of interrupting. Now, I will say I was talking about Trump in relationship to China. I meant Trump in relationship to Russia, and I feel bad that I didn't correct that on, on the air. But the interruption was something else. What's it like to know you got beat? Sometimes you get beat, man. It's the way it goes. But if you don't think that this Hunter Biden story matters to a lot of people, if only because they realize that, yes, CNN MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they all lied. Twitter can't be trusted. They're keeping real stories from getting out into the public sphere. They're proudly doing it.
that matters. And it should matter, and it should be something that you are addressing with the people that you love anytime this uh, subject comes up. They kept the story from being in the press. They cannot be trusted. They cannot be trusted. That's the story. This is the point that I make. You should say this. You should never be afraid to say this. Meanwhile, the conversation continued, Mike Emanuel being the professional that he is. Jose, what if the president's son gets indicted? Final thought on this topic. Look, once again, Joe Biden, people, look, the American people are going to care about the economy, which is growing. They're going to care about, we just, we just got um, an African-American woman to be elected historically or to be, be become a Supreme Court justice. People care about inflation. They care about gas prices. So I think Joe Biden has to work around those issues 100%. They care about immigration reform. They care about the border. But what a private citizen is doing in his private business is his business. Now, look, let me, let me respond quickly to your guest talking about a scandal. Is this a scandal for a private citizen? A hundred percent, but it will never be as big as a scandal that Donald Trump is facing every single day since he's left the presidency. That's Tony, a much bigger. Tony, let me give you a chance. I clearly had a guy rattled. If you're only talking about Trump, I use Trump as an example of we have more info on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden that ties them to sh- very shady dealings than we ever had for Trump and Russia. And everything Trump and Russia was was made up. It was invented. Thus, I respond. A chance to respond before we move on. It's a yawner. That argument, as you just saw me do, is a yawner. No one's buying it. No one's believing it. That's what we were told for three years. This is a story. It should be investigated. And now we get to see exactly who was connected and how. Remember, the cover-up is always worse than the crime, Jose. All right. Gentlemen, we shall see. There was a reference to immigration, to the repeal of Title 42. Let's start with this clip. I don't need to do the clips. The repeal of Title 42 is just proof that we have an unserious immigration policy. If you don't know what Title 42 is, Title 42 came about because of COVID. Well, actually, I shouldn't say it came about because of COVID. It was utilized because of COVID. And what we said is, is that communicable diseases like COVID could be reason to deport people. We can't be wading through a process regarding a disease that could harm uh, Americans. Out the door you go. Well, this has been used to engage deportations over the past couple of years. Well, they want to repeal at the end of May. They want to repeal Title 42. Therefore, we are going to see a massive surge at the border. So is this the thing that we should be relying on? Relying on this, this, this rule that would allow us to deport people uh, via the, the, the claim of, of, of medical, if you will, emergency, right, the, the protection of the nation, as opposed to policies that focus on protection of the nation. Jose actually stated he wants to see a border. Impact on our southern border with this Title 42 repeal, how do you see the issue? 
Well, look, I think we're a nation of immigrants and we're a nation of laws, right? So I think um, it's important. I think it's uh, an emotional issue. I think Title 42 is meant to, it was meant to divert us from more COVID-19 infections. And I think it's, it's done that. As we know, COVID numbers uh, continue to go down. So I think we do have to get rid of Title 42. But at the same time, I will say this. We got to make sure we enforce um, the laws at the border. So what does that mean? The new budget that the president has set forth uh, for 2023 includes billions of dollars for security at the border. So yes, we should be able to secure a border. Yes, we should be able to pass immigration reform. But we don't need Title 42 to stick around. It was meant to be, um, again, as a health care, a public health matter, not an immigration uh, policy. It would be great if Biden had actually put billions of dollars to protecting the border. The problem is he has a party that doesn't believe it. We understand the problem. How do we think, how can you expect us to believe Joe Biden? would actually do something about the border when his party believes in an open border based on their actions. Tony, a lot of folks are worried that this Title 42 issue is going to open the floodgates at the border when it's already been a crisis. Your thoughts? Well, first, let's make sure we know three numbers, 5, 8, and 18. 5,000 people a day is what the Border Patrol is scheduled to be able to handle. 8,000 a day is what they're dealing with. 18,000 a day is what is expected, and that's a breaking moment, as we've heard about. I am thrilled to hear people say that we're a nation of laws because we are, and we should engage a conversation about immigration at the border. But always understand we're talking about illegal immigration here, not legal immigration. We should reform legal immigration because we should have a better system, a smarter system. But we can't have any system that advocates for and encourages illegal immigration. There's a difference between a migrant and a refugee. We have to state that clearly and and, and proudly. We have to recognize that we are a sovereign nation with borders. These things matter. So in Title 42, yes, there are people who want to use it as a defensive mechanism because we haven't seen the reform from Congress. And we're not going to see it as long as there are people within the progressive wing who are open borders people from beginning beginning to end. That's their alpha and their omega. And as long as they have power, we're not going to get a border solution. All right, we're up. Now, I don't think I missed the mark here. I think I played it out pretty well. And uh, with with the lack of uh, interruption that came uh, af- after that, clearly, uh, I, 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 I let everybody kind of understand that, you know, the facts will speak for themselves. Either come prepared or don't come at all. That's that that that's my theory, right? Come heavy or don't come at all. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that the parlance? Never, ever, ever allow the misrepresentation of facts to go unchallenged. Don't do it. Now, sometimes, indeed, discretion is the better part of valor. Sometimes there is a time and a place I can appreciate such a thing. But don't let them scream you down. Don't let them shout you down. Don't let them try and interrupt you. Don't let them take you off your game. Facts, logic, and reason get us to better policy and a better life where we can enjoy ourselves more. And if it's all the same to you, that's what I'm sticking with. I appreciate Fox having me on. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So in Illinois, all right, follow me here. Let me walk you through it. In Illinois, they got rid of the gas tax. They passed legislation 
that um, got rid of the gas tax, I think, for the rest of the year. Actually, no, I take that back. They were going to impose an additional 2.2 cent per gallon tax on July 1st, but they pushed it back by six months, so it won't apply until 2023. So they actually engaged the gas tax increase, but now they're going to push it back by six months. So they have passed legislation requiring gas stations to put a sticker on their pumps that says, as of July 1st, 2022, the state of Illinois has suspended the inflation adjustment to the motor fuel tax through December 31st, 2022. The price on this pump should reflect the suspension of the tax increase. And people are arguing that this is the Democrats telling private businesses you have to advertise for our candidacy by showing that we lowered taxes. Even though they didn't, they just suspended a tax that hasn't even been applied yet for six months. I think that's right. I don't think you should be able to tell them they have to put it on there. They did pass a law. There are all sorts of stickers that go on there. What about the sticker that of Joe Biden that says, I did that? Can we put that one up as well? Man, it's Illinois. Those people. Those people. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.